welcome to the Cigar Snob Podcast. I'm Nick Jimenez, and I am joined by a very special guest, Rafael Nodal. Uh, Rafa, thank you for coming. That sounded good in your you like the way you said it. Like my Rafael, Rafael Nodal. Nodal. We need to make sure that people know that we're the. This is the Miami Cuban magazine. Yes, so we got to roll yes, our R's. Yes. We got to say Nodal and not call you. Uh, what, <laughs> how, how might other people say that? What's, what's the well, best, I, what's the best version you've listen, heard? Listen, I'm, I'm, I answer to it just about anything. First of all, thank you for having me here. Thank you, Nick, and thank you to uh, Cigar Snob for this opportunity. Uh, to talk a little bit about my history, my my life, and the journey on the cigars. What but, you know, uh, I'm used to, I answer to just about anything. Rafael, Rafael, they never, they never, almost never, uh, uh, confuse me with the Rafael Nadal, which is right. maybe by the name, but as soon as they see me, um, and they see this fantastic figure, uh, oh, they, yeah. they, they know there's no relationship whatsoever. Oh. Well, you know, it is what it is. You you, you play the cards you're dealt. Well, uh, <laughs> trust me, it's not a good one. You make the best you can. You get lemonades, or you get lemons, you make lemonades. That's Luckily, it. this isn't a visual medium. So Absolutely. We're, we're, both in, we're both in good shape here. Well, uh, wait a minute. Not that bad. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, we sort of glossed over. We jumped right into uh, celebrity doppelgangers here. Uh, but... Rafael is the head of product capability at Tabacalera USA, which means that he uh, you have your hands in all sorts of in all sorts of stuff on the Altadis Premium Cigar side, on the retail side. So we're going to get into uh, what your role is there, and also your history in the cigar business, how you got into it, what your life was like before cigars, um, and and all of that stuff. So absolutely. So, so so let's talk a little bit about sort of starting at the beginning, because and and what we like to tell people is, you know, we're finding that people come to this podcast. Maybe having never even seen the print magazine. Because right. we know people who read the magazine know who you are. Right. But maybe there are people listening to this that don't know your story. So. Well, I'm sure there are a lot of people that don't know who I am. And, uh, and that's that's okay. Uh, but they're going to know me. They're going to know me. And thanks to people like you and Cigar Snob that are, are telling the story of what we do. Uh, because we do take a lot of pride in what we do. It's, it hasn't been a, It hasn't been an easy journey. But I guess they say that in life, you know. Um, it's, it's worth going through this. I was listening to uh, uh, or, or uh, reading t- uh, on the weekend uh, different quotes from um, Winston Churchill, and he said that uh, success is going from one failure to another without losing um, uh, your willingness to continue enthusiasm. And uh, it's, that describes my life pretty much, you know. Um, I, uh, for some reason, everything sometimes for me is, 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 is difficult. Nothing comes continuously very easy. And it takes a lot of work. And that's it. That's, uh, that's what it's, I guess it's like an athlete, you know, right? that you have to practice and practice and practice. And uh, that's what my life is. A lot of different uh, small failures or keep trying until, until we get, uh, we got where we are. Um, this journey in the cigar uh, really started one day when uh, my now partner, Hank Bischoff, uh, was an employee of mine, a uh, colleague working in uh, healthcare, and uh, he uh, he um, asked me, hey, you're Cuban, you have to smoke cigar, and uh, and uh, and probably make, know how to make mojitos and probably know how to uh, roast a pig, which, by right. the way, none of the three were true. And I'm sure Cigar Snob knows that because uh, we we did a challenge one time of uh, roasting a pig, and that was a little bit disappointed uh, for the people that I thought I was Cuban. But anyway, Hank uh, told me one day, hey, um, uh, let's go and buy a cigar from this guy in Little Havana. And it's actually not too far from here. It was on Flagger around 79th Street where Nick Perdomo has his uh, cigar offices and a little uh, factory. And that was the first time I smoked. I bought a cigar. I bought a cigar box. I smoked for the first time the cigar. I met Nick, uh, which is a guy that has a tremendous amount of uh, passion for what he does and, um, and uh, don't don't even talk to him about politics because then then you'll you get an earful. So I, I I that day I smoked my first cigar. I went home and I told my wife. Uh, that was back in 1999. I told my wife, that's it. I know what I'm going to do the rest of my life. Uh, 
what is that? I said, well, cigar business. And that day I made a decision I was going to be in the cigar business. Uh, the passion, the, 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 what the product means. And then obviously the history, right? Being Cuban, it's hard not to, to have a love for, for the product that represents Cuba, just like the rum and the coffee. And that's, that, was, that was my uh, humble beginnings. Uh, I, um, we start selling cigars on the internet. We open an internet site. Uh, selling different brands uh, that they were being uh, distributed here in Miami, Puro Indios, Ernesto Perez Carrillo with uh, La Gloria, uh, Placencia, uh, different cigars. And then uh, I met the people from Olivero Cigars, and we bought the Olivero's brand, opened the factory, uh, and uh, got into the business of uh, wholesale and production. And that was uh, our beginning. So you so you sort of take that path from retail into uh, wholesale and production, and and so by then, what what is the time frame that we're talking about from the okay. beginning of that portion to? Yeah, in nineteen ninety nine, we started on the internet. Okay. Uh, in two thousand and uh, in two thousand and one, we met the people from Oliveros, and Hank and I started as a consultant. Yeah. Because at the time, Olivero was mostly flavor cigars, and uh, we started as a consultant. We started doing very well with them selling their products on the internet. And um, and they asked us to join uh, as a, as a consultant, see what the private the lines needed to be. So we started with our first uh, Oliveros Grand Reserva. We were not the owners yet. We were mm-hmm. uh, we were consultants made by Nipper Domo, which is uh, a guy that that I respect very much, a person that knows a lot about cigars. And we made our first cigars there. And then in two thousand and two, we bought the company. We bought the uh, we opened up a factory in Dominican Republic, and um, and we started the Oliveros uh, uh, lines of premium cigars, not flavor. And uh, so that was 2002. Yeah. We created our company, went straight into that. Didn't leave completely healthcare, uh, but it was, uh, I would say, 80% of my time was in the developing of the factory and the brands and the flavors. Yeah, so I mean, like it, it, all of this happened relatively quickly. In a span of just a few years, you've gone through uh, online retail all the way to now you're on the production side. And so you've got your yeah. hands full. Well, um, with the Oliveros line, you're right, it was quite quickly because I fell in love with the product, right? I really fell in love with the product. And... Uh, and I got, you know, as, as you know, it is hard not to, right? Yeah. When you have a, a product that really is well-made and it, it, it means uh, it's, it's being done, handcrafted by so many people that have spent so many years. Some, the dedication is amazing. But it was quite quickly. And then, t- uh, but I have to tell you, it was hard. And the journey was hard because I thought I knew everything. You know, I come from healthcare, which I... Thanks God, I have done fantastically well. And then uh, this was a challenge um, because I thought it was very easy. Make a cigar and let's sell cigars. And uh, wow, did I fail yeah, on that. You, you figure, oh, I'm in the business of keeping people alive. How hard could it be to, yeah, well, <laughs> to get them cigars? If you go even a little bit further than that, I came from Cuba in 1980 in the... In the in the Marielle boat leaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, for people in, who may not know what that is, give it's a little bit uh, of a it's uh, it's uh, immigration of uh, about hundred and twenty five thousand people came from Cuba in a matter of three years. So if everyone of uh, everyone that have seen the movie Scarface at the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie, you know the character of the movie comes in those boats. And that's what we, uh, I came in a boat with 300 people. I was 15 years old. And um, although music has been my passion and uh, music, uh, that's what I studied since I was six years old, violin. Um, I continued my studies uh, from 80 to 83 in, in the New York City. But then I come to Miami. I couldn't find a, a, I couldn't find a, a job in music. So I got my own opera group. Didn't do very well. We continue. But then... I started my first real job was uh, healthcare cleaning floors in a hospital, and in a span of six years, I became the director of finance of the hospital, wow. and then administrator, and then went to as, as an executive director of a national nationwide uh, psychiatric hospital uh, chain, and so I thought this, hey, listen, I can do this on the cigar, I got this, yeah, you know, and God is uh, God uh, makes you. Very humble, right? And uh, and I think it was uh, it's a way of seeing. Oh, you thought it was easy, and it wasn't easy because you know what happened. There's a lot of things on the cigar. Uh, so making a cigar is not just about making a cigar. Uh, it has to be a great cigar. And on the Olivero's brand, we're mo- we're making some good cigar, uh, but consistency is always a, a, an important aspect. Um, 
uh, and uh, and then the marketing side, the selling side. So um, uh, it's, it was a rather very difficult process in my life. And, and uh, we were competing with companies like this one, Altis, like company with General, like big companies that they're all making great cigars, but they had a lot of resources, mm-hmm. something that a small company didn't have. So until one day, we were really doing going doing very bad. So one day we came with the idea, hey, what do the, we have that the big companies don't have? Well, we have the passion and we have the knowledge of the tobacco because at the time I really spent a lot of time uh, learning all aspects of growing tobacco, making cigars. And uh, also, uh, for those of you that you don't see me, but I'm, I, I eat a lot. I love to eat. <laughs> so I knew a lot about flavors. And we have been playing around with different blends and small blends. Uh, and that's, I said, this is what we do. want to do now in order to uh, be able to compete and di- differentiate ourselves. And we created a brand called Aging Room. And we were so lucky until we, when we started with Aging Room, a small batch. As a matter of fact, I had here with me one of the first one. It was a, a M356, our, mm-hmm. our first Aging Room release. And uh, and that picked up uh, immediately yeah. because we knew that people were looking for different flavors profile, different. Uh, uh, they were tired of the boring blends, and and that gave us an opportunity. What happened with a small batch is that you have a limited amount of tobacco, so you right. make the cigar until that left that you can't. Um, have enough production and instead of changing the blend to continue production because it's setting very well our philosophy was we finish here because we have no more tobacco right. in the way that a lot of other brands might do a limited edition because there's only so much of the tobacco that's required for this blend that was just your core that was Absolutely. the whole model. and the idea was hey this is the line continue production this is a lab laboratory to create new flavors you know some will work some will not um and uh and so it just you're right so instead of many limited uh, um, having a core line and having many limited editions our core was limited edition yeah and that pick up we got good ratings from this magazine um and and others and uh and in more than that it was accepted by the people right. and uh and that had to tell you it's one of the best things that we have obviously the money is great uh when you are able to sell the cigar and collect uh but having someone uh smoking your cigar and say listen thank you great cigar that is uh that is an amazing thing yeah talk a little bit about uh you know we we talked about the things that you had to adjust to just in terms of how the business functions going from the healthcare industry to cigars uh, but talk a bit about what that transition was like culturally, because the culture of the healthcare industry and then the culture of, say, a cigar trade show is two very different things. Very different, very different things. Um, at the core, business is a business, but how you conduct the business is very different. Um, for example, this is one of the few industries that you will, you will sign a contract or spend millions of dollars in a handshake, right? A handshake. Yeah, uh, it's it's an amazing, and this is one of the industries where your work, right, is everything. Uh, where people see your eyes and see your soul, and yeah, I, I will grow tobacco for you, and things like that. So that is a different aspect of it. But also, you know, there is the consumer, the consumer part. And um, by the way, we also opened at one point a retail store in Miami Lakes, the city okay. where I live. And that gave me a complete different knowledge of the industry because now we had experience on online, which is now, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, an amazing, uh, uh, important part of our business in terms of retailing our products. Then you have the, the retail, which is not just about selling a cigar, but it's providing an experience right. to the consumer. And we knew that when we opened the store, we had a lot of events. And, uh, yeah, it's a, um, it's a hospitality thing as it much as is it is. It is a hospitality. Yeah. It's not just selling the things. And, and you see the stores that do very well, they provide an experience. And then the manufacturing side, uh, and there's nothing, nothing. Uh, you don't learn as much as, uh, as being successful as you learn from uh, failure, right? Buy the right tobacco, making the right uh, the product the right way, day in and day out, which is the most difficult part. Anyone, I have to tell you, anyone can make a great cigar from time to time. Yeah, 
but making the same cigar every day is uh, is a challenge. And uh, and that I got, I was able to see the retail, the manufacturing, then the wholesale, and then the consumer telling the consumer the story of our cigars. And that was uh, something that I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's sort of transition now to your, your or how do you end up in your current role? Because I want to make sure we're not skipping over any key things. Yes, well, Agent Room became successful. Uh, one day, I, I smoked a cigar called Romeo, uh, made by Altadis USA. It was actually in 2012, uh, was the number three cigar of uh, uh, by, uh, by one of the magazines. And uh, I enjoyed that cigar, highly rated, something new they done, and I fell in love with the cigar. And... Um, kept buying the cigar. One day I tell my partners and friends and co-workers and colleagues, I am going to go to Altadis and I want to do an aging room Romeo. And they're like, uh, are you crazy? You know, big company will never listen to you. And, uh, but anyway, this is, I am a big optimistic. That's what my life has been. And I, I approach them and I say, listen, I have this idea. I would like to do uh, an aging room Romeo. Um, we almost got everything except it's called Romeo by Aging Rooms, which is uh, which is uh, just a little aspect. And they gave me a complete autonomy in making the designs, the blends, the production, and we made this cigar in uh, in uh, Tabacalera Palma, my partner Hochi, with Dominican tobaccos, tobaccos aged over ten years, and that became very successful. Uh, and uh, very highly rated, and then uh, got to know the people from uh, Altadis, and more importantly, they got to know me and mm-hmm. what we were doing, and um, uh, we decided uh, to have Altadis distribute the cigar, not on the brand. We we still, my partners and I, uh, Hank, my wife and Hochi, we are the owners of the brand, but they distribute the brands. But in addition, I took a position first with Altadis and then right away was passed to Tabacalera USA, which is the the mother com- the the holding company of uh, of uh, all of their assets and group and, and footprints of uh, Tabacalera Premium Cigars in the United States as a product capability. And it's funny that name uh, that name people sometimes don't understand it. So what we do basically is uh, work with our on factories, which we have one in Dominican Republic, Tabacalera de Garcia, the largest cigar factory in the world with over 5,000 employees, home of the Monte Cristo and many other fantastic, which is celebrating this year, by the way, 50th anniversary. Mm-hmm. In this factory, we have over 300 people that have been with our company rolling cigars more than 30 to 40 years. It's an amazing wow. thing. It's an amazing thing. Uh, we also have... Um, Another factory in Honduras, uh, Flor de Copan, which is celebrated, uh, celebrating this year the 42 anniversaries. It's amazing. And then we have our partners in Nicaragua. So working with all of them to see where the best blends we can come in, the best product we can have. And then we have in United States with Altadis USA, which has a portfolio of the wholesale partners that uh, wholesale the, and manufacture the cigars. Then we have Casa de Monte Cristo, which is a collection of stores nationwide. Um, that sell not only our products but many others, and then we have JR, which is the the online retailer. So making product for all of them and working with all of them in all aspects of the cigars. Yeah, which is, I mean, you ran through that explanation quickly, but there's a lot happening there. Well, my life is a lot of work lately. Yeah. You never get to see my my wife, which. <laughs> I'm worried because she's always happy. I don't know what's what's going on, but anyway, that's part of the life. <laughs> um, so we, we we sort of you know we, we've been talking a lot about the the business side of it, and and certainly we want to get back into you know some of the the many things that uh, all these moving parts of of the the business. But we've sort of glossed over the cigars. Um, talk a bit about your own personal, you know, in the beginning of the story of how you got into cigars, you weren't really. Uh, uh, much of a cigar smoker. It wasn't no, a no, hobby of yours. No, no. So talk about how your palate developed and and where you began and where you ended up now and now you know what. How does your personal uh, preferences end up informing the work that you do and the products that you participate in developing? I think the most important part of how the palate develop and how my journey into developmental stage of my own palate and my own uh, uh, type of cigars uh, that I enjoy and want to develop had to do with 
the food that we eat and looking always for more. I um, I remember when I got to this country I like that. and always looking for more food. Well, more food and more flavor <laughs> profiles, right? It's, it's an important aspect because I remember coming to the United States and I remember sushi was not even a thing. It was not a thing, you know? Yeah. And I remember when sushi started coming out and then you got the young people, right? We started on sushi and uh, now it's something that everybody likes um, and other other. Uh, food for another flavor. One of the things that I think it helped me a lot is uh, my wife and I do travel a lot for mm-hmm. pleasure and for business. And I got to know a lot of different cultures and a lot of different foods. And I saw the possibilities that you get with the same ingredients, right? Uh, but with different spices and different ways of preparing and cooking, uh, you can get different different profiles of flavors. And the, the possibilities are endless. Mind you that I come from a Cuban uh, community growing in, in Miami, that you know um, that the food perhaps didn't develop very well because we are stuck in the 50s and 60s when we when our country suffered a tremendous bad revolution and, and we, a lot of us had to come here. So we're still with uh, uh, great food, but it's the same as the rice and beans and the ground beef and things like that. But when you go to countries like Spain that the food is being developing tremendously and the fusion, uh, which is a thing now, right? The fusion food. I wanted to do that with the cigars. I was tired of the same type of blends. And, and if you remember, 20 years ago, a lot of the cigars were miles, right? Uh, and then you start getting the stronger, very strong cigars. Now we have more complexity and flavors. And uh, I think the aspect of looking for different profiles in food allowed me to develop my palate. And, mm-hmm. and that's uh, and uh, I'm constantly looking. Listen, some things work, some things do not uh, but that aspect of always looking for something extra or new or even ways of aging the tobacco or ways of uh, uh, fermenting or blending uh, uh, is something that I'm always uh, looking for. And it was funny at the beginning, many of the, my uh, icons or people in the cigar industry said, you know, you don't do that. You don't because I used to do the same thing all over and over. And it's funny now, everybody's looking for the age, right? What right. is the next thing? And uh, now we're more open to try different things. And that, that aspects of me looking for the something new, I think has helped me to what we do today. Right. And I imagine that you, you must have, you know, when, when you started, as anybody is starting, r- rarely does somebody start in the position that you're in now, right? But you started and you had a factory that you were working with. It was, you, know, you, you were doing this limited edition stuff, this, this uh, limited run, uh, short, uh, small production. Um, and so you sort of are only able to explore so much. But now you're dealing with such a massive operation that from a, from that exploration and creativity standpoint gives you all sorts of directions that you can go and, right. and you have all these resources at your disposal. Um, what are uh, some of the exciting things that you've been able to, to do now in this new role that maybe you hadn't been able to do uh, before because right. you just were in a smaller situation. There's a, there's limited, there, there's benefits there too that right. there's, it's more intimate, it's smaller. There's uh, you, you feel closer to everything I imagine, but now you just have, uh, all of this that you can work with. Right. So, well, it is it is amazing. The most important thing I will say is uh, I am learning so much, right? I have learned so much in the last year that I have this position uh, because now I'm working with tremendous professional. Uh, we have a group of maestros in, in Dominican Republic, people, a group of individuals that have, I uh, think, uh, how many? Uh, uh, six or seven individuals that have been uh, together that over 300 years of experience. Yeah. So this group of maestros is, I'll tell this is sort of like, like a core group of cigar geniuses. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah. Where one is on the construction, one comes from the preparation of the tobacco, things like that. And I've, I've, I've learning so much. Then we have, we have in this company partners that provide our tobacco that have been providing tobacco since 1962. Family that left from Cuba, the, the Mendez family that grew tobacco in Cuba and then came to United to to Dominican and have been it's the largest pro, uh, uh, grower of of, of, uh, of processing of tobacco in Dominican Republic. And um, they've been doing this since 62. Uh, these people will forget more than I will ever learn about mm-hmm. tobacco. Um, so. Working with this is, is amazing, but what I 
the experience that I went over before in my in my journey, uh, being entrepreneurial, right? Is spirit is very important, and being able to make uh, uh, something for nothing is an ability that is it, it allows you to it shows you right, it, it marks you, and that's the same spirit that I brought to my to my new role is what can we do better and yes there's great things that they're doing but the what can we do better and so my my role is not only learn but also to teach what i have and why and the continued pursuit or new flavors and new ways of doing it and what i learned in these companies with the people that we're working with our tremendous team of professionals they're all very open to learn mm-hmm. and to try to try new things and it's listen uh, on, over the last year, we uh, I worked last year maybe in 20 new introductions, right? 20 new cigars. We're working right now in many, I don't know, as, as many for this year, as many of another 15 to 20 new blends and introduction. And uh, my challenge every day is to make sure one cigar doesn't reflect another cigar. They're, they don't all become the same. And then since we don't have a factory in Nicaragua, uh, we are working with great partners like the Placencia family, people that I work with and love and learn so much from them, and uh, uh, people like AJ Fernandez mm-hmm. that have an amazing, amazing story in, in their own coming from Cuba in 2003 and now being one of the greatest names in the cigar industry. So I am able to work with them and their team, their tobacco expertise, right. and produce some new flavors and new ideas. Because one of the things that Altadis has and Tabacalera has is amazing, iconic brands, right? And uh, listen, last year we I, I did a blend for Monte Cristo, Nicaragua, our first Monte Cristo, Nicaragua. And uh, that is a challenge and a tremendous responsibility because Monte Cristo is a huge brand worldwide. And... Uh, you know, it's, you don't want to produce just any blend for this. It has to be the blend for this. And the same thing with the Romeo and, and Julieta 1875 Nicaragua, which made the number 22 of Cigar Snob Top 25 uh, this year, which I'm grateful. Uh, uh, and, you know, so when you're making a blend for such iconic uh, brands, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's uh, like I said, a huge responsibility. Alta this. Our company, Tabacalera, is the only company that has presence in all major uh, uh, premium cigars origins. Cuba, although it is not allowed to be sold in the United States, Dominican Republic, Honduras, and now Nicaragua through to our partners. So that is a huge responsibility, and uh, and uh, but something that I I am learning every day, incredibly a lot. It's funny that you mentioned the uh, the Cuba thing. Um, a friend, I, I lived in Wisconsin for a few years, and a, a an old I am coworker. So sorry for, I am so, no, no, just kidding, guys. My friend from the north is yeah. just is just that the weather here in Miami is, is beautiful. It is cold, but if you like cheese and sausage, oh that's the yeah, place to yeah. Be. Well, I do. <laughs> a, uh, a friend of mine there. He's a, a musician, and he he recently took a trip to Cuba. He's like a very casual smoker, you know. So he doesn't know the thing inside and out. I'm sure he couldn't. But to your point of how iconic these brands are. And how strong that brand recognition, you know, people who listen to this podcast probably know cigars pretty well. And right. they, they understand that, that there are sort of these parallel brands where, you know, you've got uh, Romeo y Julieta that are, that's made there and, and another that's made, others that are made uh, outside of Cuba. Right. But, you know, he's not quite on that uh, uh, level. of. So he was telling me he went to Cuba and he went to uh, one of the, the state-run cigar shops and that they were trying to sell him. I think he said it was a Monte Cristo. Um, it was that or oh, one of these brands, and he actually told me that he walked out. He goes, "Nah, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna buy these cigars. They're trying to trick me into buying Dominican cigars." <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and yes, I was like, "No, yes. no, 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 no. <laughs> you don't quite understand what's happening." <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and you know, um, another responsibility that I have is to make sure that our Romeo and Juliet, our Monte Cristo, our Eshelman, our Trinidad, they just are not perceived as a cheap versions, right? Exactly. Of Cuban brands, right? Uh, I want to create these products with origin from Nicaragua and from Dominica that can stand up to any other product in the world. And I would say they do. I mean, as well, a general they, rule, they, Cuba I, has I, its issues. I, I, it, um, it's, um, 
is something that I uh, obviously look at. Around the world, the Cuban cigars has a tremendous, uh, uh, tremendous names, right? Because of the circumstances and, and many other things. Yeah. But um, I want a consumer to be able to put right next to each other. And uh, my goal is that yeah. my blends are better. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but you're, you have, uh, to the extent that, you know, and this is the case with any two brands, even if they are connected, you know, right. uh, organizationally, any two things that are on the shelf are competing with each other, right. even if they're made by the same person. Right. And the benefit that Altadis USA has that, uh, say, Habanos and uh, Altadis' interest in Cuba don't have is that you are working with a wide variety. Absolutely. So you you have these partnerships that you can form where, you know, there's there's no but there's nothing like there's nothing in Cuba that function that looks quite like being able to say, Oh, I work with the Placencias and with AJ and with our own Tabacalera Legacy and, and all that. You know, so Absolutely. there's a tremendous uh, benefit there. Absolutely. And at the end, listen, at the end we have the Cuban at its core, right? We are Cuban. We this is a product that was developed in Cuba. Uh, and, and we just try. And it reminds me of the wine, right? Yeah. Uh, I remember when I got to this country, you wanted a good wine. You had to drink a French wine, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, look at this. Uh, I, when I start traveling to Europe, you wouldn't see uh, in, a, in a French restaurant, you wouldn't see a, a Californian wine, right? Uh, and now that's the case. Uh, obviously, for us, uh, I... I love the Spanish culture, which I'm also citizen of, uh, in addition of the United States, I'm also citizen of Spain, and I love the Spanish culture. And the Spanish wines are fantastic, but many years ago, were not known in the United States. Right. And now, you know, wines from the Rioja and, and Rivera del Duero are fantastically well accepted in this country. Um, and these are histories that they have of years and years of uh, making wines. So the same thing happening, right? We, my job is try to put uh, our countries of origin, mm-hmm. Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, Honduras, in the map as some of the best cigar blends in the world. Yeah. And it's interesting what you were saying about the about there still being a Cuban identity at the core, Um it reminds me of people who listen to the podcast. Maybe will remember that we've we've mentioned this uh, this Netflix show before. But have you heard of uh, Ugly Delicious? I I have. So it's uh, the Netflix show hosted by David Chang, and uh, one of them, uh, one episode of the show was all about uh, stuffed pasta. And so one of the people who's in this thing is a uh, um, oh god, what is his name? Uh, Mario Carbone. So he owns uh, Carbones in in New York and a bunch of other restaurants. And what what he had to say about Italian food in the U.S. Sort of caught, brought to my mind cigars and the approach that maybe without even thinking of it this way, the cigar business and and sort of speaks to what you were saying has taken with cigars is absolutely the the way his approach is not okay. We have uh, Italians and the descendants of Italians in the U.S. trying to replicate right. Italy. The real question is, what if we treated North America as a region of Italy? So if an Italian came here and these were the ingredients that he had, what would an Italian do with this? Rather than trying to copy what's happening in Sicily or in, you know, uh, wherever. Absolutely. And in cigars, it's, it's, it's sort of the same thing where your business has a very Cuban identity from the branding to obviously the people who are involved like right. yourself. And then the resources that you have to work with are in the Dominican and in Nicaragua and Honduras and Mexico. And so what would a Cuban do with that? Rather than say, let's make a Cuban cigar without Cuban products, right. let's make a cigar that's Cuban in spirit with these other things. And that's absolutely because, you see, uh, although we all use uh, Cuban seed uh, tobacco, right? That means that the seed from the Habanos, the Cuban uh, tobacco was brought into uh, Dominica, Nicaragua. Dominica had uh, some uh, products, right? The, uh, tobaccos that, that were origin, uh, original from, from Dominican. But they also brought the pilotico seed and piloto seed, and they continue growing that there. But now those seeds have taken their own identity. And in Honduras and Nicaragua, the same thing happened. We work very hard to have new flavors and to adjust those uh, seeds to their reality. Okay, So yeah. it has to do with the soil characteristics, has to do with the weather characteristics, um, the weather in Nicaragua is completely different than in Dominican and in the, in the, in the, in Cuba, and so we try to treat the tobacco, the fermentation process, the growing way of growing it is is adjusted to that. And so, listen, I think 
even when I started, my first company was called Habana Cuba Cigar Company. And then I changed to Oliveros and then to Boutique Blend, which reflected more what yeah. I was doing, the different boutique type of blends that I was and doing. And differentiated you from the And differentiated because, you know, at the beginning I wanted to make exactly what you said, a Cuban cigar outside Cuba, right? And that's not the case. I want to make a great cigar grown in Dominican, Nicaragua, or Honduras, uh, and it has to stand uh, on its own. So I'm not yeah. trying to uh, copy Cuban. Uh, I am trying to make a fantastic blend that is uh, that is just different. But so, so we've been talking about all of this and the business and the process and all that in sort of uh, non-specific terms. Let's talk specifically about what we're smoking right now. This is Unbanded, but what, what am I smoking? Yeah, this is a product that we're going to be launching this year. And it's the Trinidad. As you know, Trinidad is also one of the Cuban heritage brand, iconic uh, brands that Alta is on. We have done several things uh, with uh, with Trinidad. Uh, last year, my first product that I did as soon as I came into the company, and it was important to me uh, because it was a full Dominican product that was that was uh, uh, made at Tabacalera Palma with my... my uh, my friend and uh, business partner, Hochi Blanco, and it was important to me to develop that product there. So we did a Trinidad Santiago, which uh, meant that all the tobacco were Dominican, over 9 to 10 years old. That was highly rated. It was one of the, uh, of the top cigars of the year. And uh, and now we are introducing the, this year, uh, and I think it's, it's, we, ha we haven't spoke publicly about this, so it's the first time. And I'm not sure if I can talk about this, but I will oh, talk anyway. I can talk about it. Yeah, Mose, yeah, yeah, bringing all the rules. Everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the new Trinidad Espiritu that we're going to be launching uh, this year. Uh, for this, we went to a blend, right? Trinidad is a tricky because... In, in Cuban heritage brand, you know what Montecristo stands for, Romeo and Julia, but Trinidad, I think even in Cuba, has suffered for some uh, different aspects because the way the brand was created, what it was used for, and um, it, it, we, we have suffered also in, in the United States of, of making an identity of Trinidad. So Trinidad for us is a brand that allows me to, to be creative without a perceived uh, identity, right? Uh, so the Trini that's why I created Trinidad Santiago, full Dominican, and now I go in full Nicaragua with this. It's, uh, the idea is the type of tobacco that we use. In those. This is a specific tobacco from A.J. Fernandez uh, that was grown in a specific two farms, uh, and uh, San Lotano and, and Lilia. And, uh, and, and this, I did not want to do something very strong, uh, but I want to do something very flavorful flavorful and that's what the trinidad espiritu and it talks to about the spiritu in span in, in english is a spirit and it's the spirit of tobacco and it's based on a specific tobacco that we're using so i wanted a flavorful um uh, product not too strong um because you know i'm looking for complexity and flavorful and more than anything that i have tried to do always is the aroma of the product, and that's what we are, are smoking. It comes in, in, it will come in four different sizes, and it, we introduced in a Lancero the first time, which uh, I'm uh, actually working on it right now. So it goes to, it challenged the blend because it goes from from a robust to a fifty by five, mm -hmm. um, a fifty two, a fifty four, a sixty, and then it has a Lancero. So Lancero, as you know. It's a product, it's a, it's, a, it's a size that is very difficult to make. Not everybody smokes. It used to be one of the top sellers in the United States, but that has, it's now basically the geeks, the people that, you know, mm -hmm. like these type of products. Uh, but for me in Trinidad, because Trinidad, the Cuban one, always had a Lancero, it was very important to do a Lancero uh, because I think it's part of the brand identity. And so it was challenged to get a, brand, a, a blend that will work in all different, from the f uh, 42 to all the way to uh, right. to a 60. And, uh, you know, I'm always optimistic, so I think we got it. Normally, let me tell you, I think with the exception of uh, Eric uh, Calvino from, from the magazine, I think no one else has uh, smoked my cigars before they go to the market. And I think, I think in my office, when I just started, I was working in the... Romeo San Andres, that he, he smoked that in our offices. And now you guys and, and us, we're smoking the, the Trinidad. But I basically don't let anyone try the plants until they go to the market. Yeah. And uh, 
which is happens to the company as well. I don't share cigars with anybody. So I don't want to be, listen, I don't want to have all this ear Yeah, a lot comments. of white noise. Yeah, like it, don't like it, or I like it, or might not, you know. Uh, I know what I'm looking for, and I try to do. So, like in this case, you know, I don't even ask you, hey, you like it or not? Hey, listen, that's, that's your opinion. I don't want to be influenced on this because, you know, I don't want to be doubt myself, which I do, by the way, sure. every single time. For me, it's about making a perfection of perfecting the blend until the end. And I cannot tell you, you this is from AJ Fernandez. And AJ, the other day, we were in his factory with uh, some of our, uh, my boss and his boss uh, from Spain. And AJ says, yeah, I never done so many samples like I do for Rafael. Uh, <laughs> and uh, because I'm always until the last minute, right? And it gets to the moment, hey, we're going to the market. That's it. It has to. I might feel, you know, so... But I guess that's the artist for me. You know, I always yeah. want to continue improving stuff. So for the, I mean, obviously there are a lot of people who have not had this cigar. What do you get from the cigar? What were you going for? What do you? Uh... Like I say, I wanted uh, a flavorful, not too strong, medium, mm-hmm. uh, because it's, it's the first time that many people will be, uh, uh, as a company, we're going to put a lot of efforts and, and marketing into into this brand and this new concept of uh, Trinidad. So this is, a lot of people have never tried the blend or uh, the brand, and I wanted a blend that uh, it was not too mild, it was not too strong, it was just right in the middle uh, with uh, a flavor profile that will basically full flavor in your mouth. Yeah. And and another thing that it happens sometimes with the stronger uh, uh, complex blends that is a clean, clean, uh, clean palate at the end because sometimes you get that flavor that stays with you, which I love it, by the way. Yeah. But not everybody does. Uh, and especially people that are not tremendous, uh, uh, strong flavor profiles, uh, cigar smokers. So I wanted, so there's a lot going into that from the color, from the color of the, of the wrapper that is not too intimidating, right? right. It's, uh, it's not too dark. It has a caramel color, mm-hmm. which is very inviting. And by the way, to get a color continuous on every single cigar of this color is, is not easy. So this is a wrapper that really has gone in tremendous uh, uh, a slow fermentation process in order to get this color not too dark. That, that people will say, oh, that's too strong, too too aggressive. And uh, so a lot a lot of work has done to make sure we just get the perfect cigar. Listen, there's no guarantee that a cigar will sell, right? There's no guarantee. We do our best. And my let me tell you, my job, my boss will not like to hear that, is not to make sure the cigar sells. That's not my job. That's other people's job. My job is to make sure that I have the best blend for the cigar. And if it sells, great. Been lucky. Been lucky. But um, in my aging room portfolio, like the aging room Maduro, fantastic cigar, I thought, and I still think it didn't sell as much. Um, but, but I like the blend, and that's what mm-hmm. I went for. So that's what I wanted to do this, a blend that it was – uh, right in the middle in terms of uh, profile, complexity, and flavor. Yeah. I, I don't know if, I, I mean, you know, everybody has uh, different things that they perceive. I know, are you smoking the same thing, Eric? Eric is sort of off here in the in the distance. But, you know, you were talking about it being, uh, you know, medium-ish in strength, and but sort of big on flavor. And to to me, what's interesting is that there there is sort of like this, uh, there's a, a wood and a leather, but... The, the core of it is almost like uh, cafe con leche. It's got this like kind of creamy finish that coats the palate without it lingering with that like pepperiness. It sort of like keeps this sort of creamy, chocolatey thing on your palate. Uh, this it, we're smoking this at the perfect time. To me, this is like a a good morning, yeah, cigar. You know, absolutely. And if you do the retro hell on these cigars, uh, because again, for those of us that smoke a lot, uh, there's some some. Um, uh, flavors or, or tastes that we cannot do just unless we do the retro hell because a lot of the the taste buds are at the, the end of, of the tongue and or the beginning whichever way you look at it. but um, when you do the retro hell you get some different nonsense flavors or or or, or um, uh, tastes mm-hmm. that you don't normally get so um my idea was to get this not so much as a mild or this but a cigar Full of flavor and aroma. Mm-hmm. And if you smoke this cigar and uh, it smells the, the aroma, I, I believe it's a it's a full aroma on this, uh, um, which is uh, 
something that I, for me, is always uh, an important aspect. Then another part that I wanted, that it burns white. It burns white. Oh, the construction uh, to this point has been perfect. Well, yeah, that, that's one thing. This, this cigar has been made at Tabacalera, A.J. Fernandez, and the construction of all our products are, yeah. uh, we take... We taste and taste and taste, and unfortunately, I'm here with Ernesto uh, that works in our department, and let me tell you, we have a tough job, all right? We do smoke a lot of cigars every day to make sure they're perfect. And uh, you got to get through the ones that aren't perfect to we, get to the ones that are perfect. We take that very serious. We smoke a lot of cigars. And uh, yeah, and uh, I never seen, uh, you know, I, I, the other day a new cigar that we, someone uh, told me, hey, we got like one complaint in 300,000 cigars we have put out on the market of this particular brand. Mm-hmm. We got one complaint. And we went to the factory. We took a trip to Dominican. What's going on? We tasted and retested and retested. And it was a complaint on one cigar that didn't, didn't, was, was not burning. Uh, and the consumer told us that. So we take this very serious uh, because for us, the quality is important. You know, Altadis as a company was known as a large conglomerate of brands, right? which quantity perhaps uh, uh, people would think, hey, the most important thing for them is the the quantity and not the quality. And nothing nothing further from the truth. We take the quality of our products extremely, extremely seriously, and uh, we want to make sure that every cigar, just like our babies, uh, are, are perfect to the best of the, our ability. It happens right. to be a handmade product, right? Uh, when a, a roller you know, comes to work and he had a problem with a wife, or God knows uh, anything that can happen. Um, or right after the holidays and everybody was, as you know, in our countries, you know, we drink and we party a lot. So all of these things are very important to us. Uh, these are things that can change, right? Uh, construction of the product. And our job is to make sure that the quality is there. So we have a lot of different levels of uh, quality check and things. And for us, it's uh, construction. I'm, I'm glad you said it. It's, it's very, very yeah. important. So let's take a sort of a hard shift here because I, I want to make sure that we don't overlook this. Your hands are also in sort of the more experiential uh, aspects and the, the retail and the lounges. Right. So talk a bit about, about that side of the business. And I'm especially, I, I think people know JR Cigar well, right. and they figure that's a retail brand. And, um, but, uh, but talk about that, and let's, and let's talk about Casa de Montecristo and, right. and right. Uh, how that functions, because I, I, I think people may be interested not only to know, um, you know what that even is, because they may see that branding in different lounges and all right. that. Uh, and also how where where those are. What is the footprint of Casa de Montecristo? Right. So as I said, our company has the largest footprint of uh, in the cigar, premium cigar industry in the United States. And Casa de Montecristo is a very important part of it. Um, we had we started as it's evolved actually from Montecristo lounges in some stores uh, to partnerships with other retailers to joint ventures with other retailers until now we have a full division that uh, is growing the Casa Montecristo concept, which are stores in most major markets that uh, are bring, it's our goal is to bring and ex- uh, elevate the experience of cigar smoker uh, smoking in the United States by providing, and the others are doing that as, as, as well, very well. Uh, our, uh, our goal is to to elevate that experience through bars, to um, um, uh, really good cocktails that are now mixed specifically for several cigars and flavors. So we spend some time um, with liquor companies creating cocktails and, and, and uh, uh, people that, do, that develop cocktails working with different flavor profiles, how, how we can enhance the smoking experience of that particular brand. So when you go to one of our stores, uh, we are introducing a series of uh, cocktails and wines, right, that enhance that or... or, or um, or, or the same thing with rums or, or other liquors like uh, cognac and, uh, and, and whiskeys and um, bourbon. Uh, so in addition to smoking a lot of cigars, I have a difficult job <laughs> of uh, pairing all, all, this, uh, right. all these cocktails Research. and which one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R&D. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's, it's different. And, and you know what? The truth is, just like in food, right? Because we talk a lot about pairing with a cigar. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we want to experience that and, and lift that. If you get a mild cigar that you normally do in the mornings and then you do it with a steak meal, 
right? And a strong uh, Cabernet or uh, Spanish wine. And then you have this mild cigar. Will not enhance the experience. Will not enhance the experience. So the, that's the same thing we're doing. So we want to make sure that when you go uh, curated list of wines, curated uh, cocktails uh, list in our stores. It's not an easy thing because we are in many, many different major markets. We have 28 stores mm-hmm. and plus other uh Partnership with just uh, the latest one. So the, tw- uh, the 28 stores or the 28 Casa de Montecristo? 28 Casa de Montecristo owned by the company, right. which are the latest one. It's a joint venture that we introduced in Hallendale Beach, Florida, which happened to be a couple of blocks from my from, right. from my house, so it's fantastic. I get to spend a lot of time there. And that's not including the lounges that are maybe within someone else's? Or or other, or other uh, um, uh, uh, partnerships that we have, for example, in Las Vegas, inside Caesar Palace, right. there's a unbelievable uh, Casa de Monte Cristo, which we don't own. But um, we work with them with the same thing to make sure the Caesar Palace provides the right mix of uh, cocktails and wines and things like that. So uh, it allows to not only um, uh, enhance the the visibility of our brands like uh, Monte Cristo and Romeo and Juliet and now Trinidad and, and many others, Aging Room, of course, my brand. Uh, but it allows to elevate that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the companies in two years have gone from from zero um, store to have stores in in Texas, in Dallas, in Houston, in um, several in Houston, um, Tennessee, Chicago, uh, Arizona, uh, Florida, and Boca Raton. Um, we have a partner here in uh, in Miami, downtown Miami, mm-hmm. with uh, Casa Montecristo by Prime Cigars, right. uh, New York City, which is very important. And uh, we continue to expand uh, expand the, the brand. What does that expansion look like? Is there a, what does the sort of more immediate roadmap look like? Well, uh, uh, at, at the moment, we are trying to you know whenever you have expansion, obviously you you have uh, uh, you have integrations to to our our team and and developing that creating the right mix of products for each store. Uh, so we are in that process right now to continue the expansion. But uh, the Hallendale just opened to. Three weeks ago, uh, we had the grand opening. We actually had a soft opening. We, we haven't had the grand opening yet, and we are continuing to expand that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so moving away from uh, from the cigars and, and the things that are sort of your your babies in, in your work, I'm sure that this this job, and also just personally, you're a, you're a traveler. You're, I am. You're all over the place. I am. So, you know, uh, we do travel content in every issue of the magazine. We we like letting people know where all the cool stuff is. What are some of the things maybe in the last few months that you've come across and thought, I got to tell people about this? Listen, we just... And completed. it doesn't have to just be cigars, right. even just restaurants or whatever. We just completed a series of uh, pairing Spanish wines with aging room cigars in all of our Casa de Monte Cristo. Last year, I did over 80 in-store events. I visited over... 250 stores. Uh, I cannot tell you the amount of cities and uh, and uh, states that I have been, and obviously internationally as well. Um, you you get to meet so many people, and you get to learn. And that's by the way, that's one thing that I ask a company that I did not want to lose. Did not want to lose the ability to be on the marketplace mm-hmm. with the consumers that I speak this. But I can tell you, for example, we completed this series, the perfect pairing. So we took the aging room quattro, the a aging good name. room, yeah, and the aging room, um, the aging room, uh, uh, um, pelo de oro and pura cepa, and we pair with three Spanish uh, wine from the bodegas de Moro. Let me just tell you, that was an amazing thing because uh, not only they were discovering in places like the one of the Indianapolis, um, uh, San Luis, um, learning for the first time about the Spanish wine. And some of them, oh, I didn't know Spain had wines. And, but doing the perfect pairing, right, uh, of this. And what I learned is that the more education you get, because, for example, this series, we wanted to develop the educational series in, in our Casa de Monte Cristo, which is not just a typical event that you go and, you, you know, you buy cigars and you get a personality and you sell cigars. We wanted to educate not only on the actual, uh, the cigars, but how promoting the lifestyle. And then we did it with uh, Spanish uh, uh, Spanish ham, 
uh, with croquetas, which is something that we, you know, we got that from our Spanish roots, and Cubans do that a lot, eat a lot, that a lot. We're, we're croquetas snobs around here. Eh? We're croquetas snobs, too. I, I know. I, uh, <laughs> I pass on the way here to a to Spanish restaurant in the corner of you guys, yeah. and I say, oh, my God, Delicias España, fantastic. Um, and uh, so we... So we were teaching in our in our uh, in our events the pairing of wine, right, and the food, the type of cheeses and ham, right. And uh, I cannot tell you in, in in some of these cities how people said, "Oh my God, I discover, I discover this type of cheeses and ham. How well it goes with mm-hmm. specific cigars." And so, and so that for me was amazing. I completed I know, a series of 30 events of this uh, and specifically gears to that. So now we're working on the next series. But uh, and obviously traveling America is an amazing country. American yep. uh, changes from one place to another uh, with their own food, right? Uh, the Italian food in Boston, for example, mm-hmm. and uh, to the pizza in Chicago, to the hot dog somewhere else. And, um, and how you bring that to our daily culture. So I feel that I, you know, I don't want it, my boss to hear this, that I, I really will have done it for free. I tell you, it's yeah. an amazing opportunity <laughs> to meet the people and reach culturally. Uh, and even we had an event the other day that, uh, you know, it happens to be around some political things that were happening. And when I got there, people were just talking about politics. At the end of the day, and it was a division in the room. It was, uh, you know, to the right and to the left and almost no one in the middle. By the end of the event that we talk about cigars and food, this was a way to, yeah, to bring everyone together. Well, has there been uh, maybe recently a a city that surprised you with how much you liked being there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go back to San Luis, Missouri. Yeah, um, as I visit some stores, and they did a fantastic event there. And uh, um, had a they actually had a piano for me, which uh, I incorporate the music as part of the. Yeah, and we the haven't event. really even talked about. It. You mentioned uh, a little bit about your being a musician, but I feel like that's been an overlooked thing in this conversation. Well, uh, my life uh, it's it's about music, food, cigars, yeah. and my Cuban heritage. And they got me a, a, a piano there, and they got uh, a piano from the 1700s. They oh. they uh, rebuilt it for this uh, for this occasion, and we had the guy that plays uh, uh, that plays the at uh, the the stadium, right? And uh, which rebuilt this piano, and um, it was an amazing experience. I must say that when I got there to the event, I said, "Oh my God, this is going to be a terrible event." And um, I was supposed to finish at 10. And I was flying the other day, the following day at six o'clock in the morning to Miami, and I I stayed until three o'clock in the morning. I went straight to the airport because the people, the the warmth, and the how much they wanted to learn it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think we've uh, we're coming up on an hour. So unless is there anything we haven't touched on that you want to? No, make sure listen. We I just want to say thank you very much to you guys, Cigar Snob. I've always been a fantastic uh, supporter of our work. Um, not now that we have a you know an important position, but when when we were struggling, right? Uh, Eric and uh, the whole family have been very supportive, um, and also the consumers. At the end of the day, uh, all that we do, it, you see the work when you meet with a consumer and you smoke a cigar, sure. and that's that's an amazing. So I want to say thank you to the consumers. If you haven't tried one of the aging room, the new Monte Cristo guys, you're listening, and ladies, and uh, uh, Romeo and Juliet. The aging room. Uh, I encourage you to go and try, and then look for this Trinidad. That uh, you'll see that is day and night. What we did before, what we're trying to do, and I always say that uh, the best is yet to come. Yeah. Where should people go uh, online if they want to learn more? Online, that uh, in 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 all online providers uh, from JR, Cigar International, Thompson, the Best Cigar Prices. Uh, Corona, Neptune, um, you, you will always find uh, uh, our products mm-hmm. and uh, at your local retailer. And if they don't have it, tell them that you want it. All right. So we're going to wrap it up there. This has been the Cigar Snob Podcast. Uh, you can find us online in one place, cigarsnobmag.com. You can also find episodes of the podcast, cigarsnobmag.com slash podcast. On social media, we are Cigar Snob Mag all over the place. Uh, and also subscribe to the magazine. We happen to print a magazine, $18 for the year. Great deal. Uh, go do that. Also subscribe to the podcast. Leave us 
uh, all the stars and all the thumbs up and all that stuff wherever it is that you can do it uh, leave us nice comments or leave us mean comments and then we'll say mean things back to you uh, in the comments uh, again this has been the Cigars Now podcast thanks for listening thanks Rafa for coming in thank you very much thank you. all right that's it we're done take care guys cheers cheers